Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, and I'm here with my co-host, Kimberly Rose. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Listen, today's topic uh, is one of a series. So last week, we talked about how is CBD showing up in the treatment for breast cancer? Yep. And we did a lot of work in kind of giving you a summary of a lot of the new research that was out. Well, in today's show, we're going to be talking about surviving chemotherapy with CBD. Now, why is this? Why did we choose this? Well, we chose this because when we looked at all of our experience uh, with breast cancer or with cancer in general, the things that we all complained about the most or the things that affected us the most was how our loved ones responded to chemotherapy. It all, it was traumatic to watch. I'm sure even more traumatic to participate in it. Uh, but it just seemed like that's where all the pain was. Yeah, and it's uh, not only that, it's it's long to recover from. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking, uh, I over a year, I have a friend who, she's been done with her radiation and chemotherapy for over a year, and she is still struggling with the side effects. Right, yes, I do hear you talk about that all yeah. the time. It's, it, it, it's, I almost look at it this way. It seems like it's the forgotten soldier. It's yeah. It's the one person that's kind of left behind to deal with this problem themselves. I'm not saying that's everywhere, and that's always the case. Right. But in general, that's the feeling that I get from my own personal experiences when I hear you talk about yours and when I do the, the research for these shows, that chemotherapy part is sometimes left out. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, you're basically going in and, and I don't want to say poisoning yourself or yeah, being yeah, poisoned, but... Um, and, you know, and then you have all this relief that, you know, the cancer's gone and... You've done what you can, and uh, but you're still left with just exhaustion, pain, still a lot of anxiety because it's it's very emotionally difficult to have something like that in your body and to say, oh my gosh, okay, so this thing is here, and we already know it's killed an enormous amount of people, cancer right. in general. Right. And and then you go through the treatment and you stay positive and you're you know every you try and stay as positive as you can through the whole process along with your family members, and then they you know they say okay well we're done with you so now go go and live your life, and you're still again you're still exhausted you're still I mean it, yeah. there's it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, and I, and again it, I. Just just a quick share, and those who know me well know that uh, watching my mother go through chemo was probably, um, it was huge. It, it impacted me so much to watch uh, 
what chemo did to her in her final day, and by by the time her final days, I, I wasn't anybody I recognized anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, because it it yeah. really did take so much out of her right. to get past this, and in the end, it, it it I don't know. Yeah. And in today's, and by the way, that was about four years ago, five years ago, which was you know my start of Canafil. And it it today is a little bit different because back then, five years ago, you know, she lived in West Virginia and there was no talk of cannabis as an alternative or as a supplemental treatment or anything. It was like, no, 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 absolutely no. They're going to take me to jail or I'm going to start seeing, you know, yellow dragons in my sleep or something. Yeah. And um, so at least today, in today's world, uh, it's not perceived as much as it was uh, right. in that light. Yeah, the stigma is getting less. I still have many customers that are still involved in that stigma. Right. Yes, yeah. I, I know, I know. There's a, so as we get older, we, we hang on to things a little bit longer. Right. So what we want to do today is uh, certainly go over some research. Uh, unbiased review of some of the research that we found that might be helpful in at least making a suggestion of this alternative. You know, something worth considering. Mm -hmm. uh, I also wanted to talk about, you know, some of the antidotal stuff that we already just kind of understand just from watching our friends and family members who have already used CBD as supplement to chemotherapy and what they're going through. Uh, and then we're even going to go further and talk about just general support. We have this great opportunity of having a host on today. Uh, that will share something I think is tremendous uh, for any of you who are either suffering through chemo or you have a loved one suffering through chemo. And, and really, this show is for you guys. Yeah. And supporting someone who is suffering uh, with cancer and chemotherapy is extremely difficult. We all know this. Very, very emotionally taxing. Yeah. Very. Right. So let's go. Let's get. Let's get started. So we know that. Research, our, our, our practices and common research says focusing in on CBD being used for as a supplement to a chemotherapy treatment are usually just kind of falling under these areas. Appetite. Uh, most who have uh, experience with this know that when you go through chemotherapy, your appetite is decreased. You have pain. By the way, this type of pain is neuropathy type pain. Yeah. So that is when the nerve becomes damaged, it tells you. Right. And it's a difficult pain to deal with. Yes. Uh, usually there's sleep deprecation. There's sleep problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, lots of sleep problems. And hey, sleep is your healing time. Yes. So you need it. Uh, there's nausea. There's anxiety. And of course, all this... Uh, is there's a need for strengthening your immune system. Right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't chemo really increase a lot, decrease a lot of your immune system? inflammation uh, in yeah. your body. And there's just so many things that, and your immune system is completely compromised. Right. Completely. Yeah. And, and CBD as it uh, involves cancer in general, uh, current studies are out there, anti-tumoral, uh, Affecting the expression of the ID1 gene and the BR, the BRCA gene, uh, both of those, both the one and the two, as well as the IL1, which uh, is a uh, it, it expresses the the um, 
inflammation response. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that are currently being studied. Uh, I have a few researches, uh, research papers I thought I would just kind of discuss. Uh, and again, uh, for those who are new to this, we only pull up research papers that are peer-reviewed. Uh, usually it's a, it's a Google Scholar kind of thing for us. Yeah. Um, most of the research is going to be basically on CBD, uh, technical term cannabidiol. Uh, it is it is not regulated. It's not on a drug schedule uh, where marijuana or THC still is. So it's a little easier. Also, it not being psychoactive, it's the preferred version of a cannabinoid uh, instead of the one who can cause you know psychoactive properties and right yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. So. Uh, the center, uh, the the Magziner Center of Wellness, uh, had uh, this to say: This study came from Radiation Oncology Department, George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Science, Washington D.C. Here is the concluding sentence uh, sentence of this paper: "Quote: Our results our results indicate that across oncology, there is a growing interest in clinical research in the use of medical cannabis." Paper also noted that the recent accelerated levels of new studies in the use of medical cannabis and cancer care as an indication of traditional oncology acceptance of the treatment's potential. All right. So I thought that was worth sharing. Yes, definitely. I think that's great news. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In January 2020, there was a German study on the effects of uh, CBD uh, offered a review of the medical literature of animal experiments and observation in humans, and they found research, and they quoted that unanimously suggest the therapeutic efficacy of cannabidiol. They, uh, another, uh, another finding unanimously suggested the therapeutic effects of CBD in isolated combinated studies, synergistic effects, were generally observed. In addition, CBD may potentially play a role in the palliative care of patients, palliative being treatment of side effects normally caused by the main therapy uh, product, like chemotherapy. Right, right. Uh, especially concerning the symptoms such as pain, insomnia, anxiety, and depression. They also stated further human studies are definitely warranted. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in conclusions there, again, they're looking at CBD to be used synergistically with chemotherapy to relieve the side effects of pain, insomnia, anxiety, and depression. Let's see what else we have on this. Uh, we had lots of studies to choose from. Cannot give them all in such a short sh uh, show. Uh, but certainly we'll respond if anybody has a request for additional information. We'll be happy to send you all the studies we used. Uh, January 2020, a study from Spain suggested that cannabidiol has emerged as a potential agent for breast cancer management and research provides evidence of the promising inclusion of cannabidiol in conventional breast cancer chemotherapy, helping to optimize the effects of the chemotherapeutic agents. I like the way that sounded, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the past we have listened to a lot of cancer associations, well-known ones, 
And they usually had an opposition to this. Well, like, we don't want, no, we don't want you to use it yeah. along with chemotherapy, where now they literally have studies that have good conclusive outcome. Yeah, I think, um, I think that it's. I won't say conclusive. I, let me correct that. Yeah. Maybe not conclusive outcome. Right. But favorable outcome. I think right. you, there needs to be standardized clinical practices to be able to make that statement, I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, but acceptance is just becoming overwhelming, which is so promising to the CBD world because acceptance was a huge hurdle to get over for doctors, for for all these places that are doing these studies. It's... Yeah, at some point, we have to accept the fact that it's actually a good product. Yeah. The um, couple other studies right around that, um, 2000 and December 2019, studies that target symptom burdens as a whole rather than just individual symptoms. So this study had favorable outcome, but their key was to address the, the, uh, the side effects the symptom burden of chemotherapy as a whole. So that means the sleep, the nausea, all, the pain, all of that looking at it as a, as a whole. And of course, uh, it presented well. Uh, in an attempt to describe the general improvements and well-being previously reported in some patients, uh, let's see here, evidence to present the patients were wishing to access medical cannabis for their cancer-related symptoms. Let's see here. There is considerable interest in the use of cannabinoids for symptom control in palliative care, but there is little high-quality evidence to, gen to guide clinical practice. In their research, participants had advanced cancer and cancer-related symptoms, but 86% of them uh, had an increase of... So there was a scale... Uh, they, call, they, they call it a reduction in total burden symptom scale. And 86% of them said they had an increase of at least six points or more on that scale. So during this study where they were targeting, you know, the symptoms as a whole, uh, had pretty favorable results using cannabidiol. And cannabidiol, remember, being a, having an effect on your endocannabinoid system, which manages and regulates your immune response, your inflammation response, your neural, your neural transmitting on a lot of things that need to upregulate and downregulate. So having an impact on that system uh, was by, by, in fact, going to be a whole solution as opposed to uh, an individual symptom solution. Yeah. So, and, uh, so that was extremely favorable. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going, see what else we got here. Um, how CBD uh, helps with chemotherapy and side effects. Uh, chemotherapy is a drug treatment that uses powerful chemicals to kill fast-growing cells in your body. Per the Mayo Clinic, uh, it has intense side effects like, you know, appetite depressing and pain. And so although conclusive evidence is yet available, it has been scientifically proven that CBD may help manage systems of breast cancer such as stimulating appetite, providing pain relief, soothing nausea, and even preventative care, which is what they're talking about is, uh, is those two 
uh, gene expressions that they're targeting. Mm. So yes. that was really favorable to read through. Um, I really like the preventative care part. Um, I, I try and tell all my customers that, you know, not only is it, is it helping you with your anxiety right now, even if they're not in cancer, they don't yeah, have cancer, none right. of that. But those preventative things, those little, I call them, I want to say those little cannabinoids, those little gremlins that are going in there and they're <laughs> right. eating whatever doesn't belong in your body. Right. That's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I believe in it so much I give it to my dogs because they're the number one dog for cancer. That's right, right. We have full-grown uh Full-grown uh, um, golden retrievers. Yeah. Right. When we say full-grown, I mean, we're like 100 pounds. Yeah, they're they're enormous, <laughs> but they get their CBD not because they're in pain yet, because they're young. Right. And not because of any of those other things other than just it's a preventative thing. It makes me feel good that I know that I'm doing something. Now, do you have any experiences that you would like to share uh, with patients or even friends and loved ones who you may have helped out? Uh, that have chosen to use CBD as a synergetic uh, alongside of their chemotherapy, even post even post chemotherapy relief. Yeah, I mean, well, we have a family member, and she had uh, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. How long has it been? It's been three years now. It's Two, been, yeah, three yeah. years. Okay, and um, she had a full mastectomy. She yeah. had the chemo. She had the radiation. She's had it all. She had a very aggressive cancer. We put her on CBD right away. But um, she was she was somewhat. Um, uh, she she kind of like was defined of it in the beginning. Yeah, like concerned. Like hesitant. wait a minute, you know, this is you know this is a little too new, a little too wild west. I'm not I'm not I'm really sure. Right. And then what happened after she started? Within a week. Yeah, she's yeah. feeling better. And she got all the way to neuropathy. She had lots of she still consequences. Has, still dealing with some some yeah. issues, but yeah. but CBD really gave her all those um, pieces of her life yeah. back yeah. that she could then function. You know, she could go to work. She could take care of the kids, take care of the house, do all the things um, that she probably would not have been able to do uh, just. From the side effects alone, they're just right. so hard to get past. So that's one great story. Yeah, um, and, and I have a story too, uh, which I think is probably a good time to, to say it. it. It would be my mother, and the reason I got into this business. Uh, so she had fought. This was her third battle with cancer, mm -hmm. and on this last battle, they really stepped up the chemo and included radiation. And for about a six-month period, uh, as I watched her health decline rapidly, I really, really pushed hard for some alternatives. And I really didn't know what alternatives was out there, but you can bet your ass I was looking. Yeah. And one of the things that started to show up was cannabis, medical marijuana, and CBD. And so she lives in West Virginia, and the discussion of anything cannabis-related uh, was completely ignored. Right. And it took a while, and then finally, uh, she allowed um, me to send her some, and she started taking it. Uh, so let me tell you how that uh, how that played out. So she got to a place where she was bedridden, uh, and if she was to move around, was in a wheelchair. Uh, she was always a healthy, 130 pound horse lover, out in the out riding horses, take care of them every day. Um, so very active and very fit, 70 year old. 
uh, in her 70s. And uh, as she fought this last battle, she got down to 90 pounds. Again, she was bedridden. Uh, and then dementia started. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, a lot of radi- irradiation. And so it was a point there where she couldn't eat, she couldn't sleep, she couldn't recognize the world around her anymore. And I think that's when she finally agreed. And so immediately after, and this was, you know, five years ago when the highest, you know, you could get with like a dose of like, I don't know, 20, 30 milligrams at the most. Yeah. But even that treatment uh, set back her dementia uh, almost immediately, returned her appetite almost immediately. And then again, her energy and her weight started to improve. Now, at least her last, and I'll say it this way, her last three months, she was aware. Yeah. Right. And that's Didn't, all you could ask for at that point. Right. I mean, right. she was, I mean, brain cancer is, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, right. But it, she, it, and, and I have this conversation with a lot of, I, I'm going to go back to a pet owners that, yeah. that their dog goes through cancer and chemo and all of that. Right. And really at, at a point, you, you just want them to be comfortable. You know, you really just need them to be comfortable. Now, had your mom started all this therapy earlier, who knows what could have happened. Yeah, and I think both of us believe, just from our experience and all the research that we've done, because this show, uh, literally, this will be our 54th show. So this will be the, you know, almost an anniversary for us. And we've done a lot of research in that time. And so when you talked about the the, uh, family member who had the double vasectomy, I know I didn't say that correctly, but that, yeah. Um, you know, we still are in the background knowing that as long as she's taking this, there are all these other items that are being researched now that are preventative. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the BRCA gene, the ID1, uh, anti-tumoral, all those things are being enacted now because she's on this regular dose. Yeah, well, and you know, and that's the thing. You don't, because there's always that fear that it's going to come back. Oh, my back. goodness. I, I would imagine that is such a big burden to carry around. Right. Because right. my other friend who also had breast cancer, yeah. um, she did not get the, the full mastectomy. Yeah. Um, she had large portions of her breast removed, but she did not have the full thing. But So she's been through chemo and radiation and all the horrible side effects, and she's still also going through all those. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had several surgeries. It's just a long, long process to go through. And she just really says, I don't know what, how I could get through it um, without CBD because the anxiety of it all, because she's really, she didn't have a, a lot of loved ones. I mean, you know, a husband and all of that in home care. So she really, really benefits from CBD. And she says, I cannot imagine just psychologically going through all of this without it. Um, And she's just had another mammogram. One of, you know, she says, hopefully I won't have to do this again for another year. But while she was in that mammogram, she was going, oh, I got my mammogram done. I went back to the room, you know, and they say, okay, just give me a minute. I just want to make sure everything turned out okay, and then we'll you can go on home. And I think they got busy, and they kind of forgot about her. So she's sitting in this room thinking, oh, my gosh, did they find something? Am I going to have to go back in? Is this all going to start over again? So that was a that was a very traumatic 
time for her, even though she said it was probably only like three minutes I was sitting in there. But yeah, right. it was terrifying. And she's like, I have to do this for the rest of my life now that mm-hmm. I might have to go through this again. Right. Well, and I think some of the, uh, again, describing some of the research that is out there. And, and trust me, there is a lot more research being done now. Uh, and we've kept a really close eye on this. We go back all the way to 2007, and we track all these uh, research, uh, clinical researches that have been done, and the amount of researches that are being done now in 2020 is impressive. Yay. Yeah. It's so great because I'm hoping, it, you know, this time next year when we're talking to you again oh, uh, yeah. about breast cancer, because unfortunately it's not going away, Right. right. Um, we're going to be able to say... <sighs> It's out there. It's part right. of it's the part treatment. Of the regiment, right? Yes. Yes. Totally agree. Absolutely yes. agree. And it might even be part of the prevention. I think That's so. That's what I'd like to see happen, uh, just to wipe this thing right off the planet. The um, the, the there's still a lot of people out there. Uh, we're immersed in all this research. Right. We we have a total confidence uh, that it has such great potential to it. But there are still a lot of people out there because uh, this is still a brand new product. The clinical research has got constant uh, obstacles to overcome. Mm-hmm. The the legal issue of THC still not federally legal. The all the trademarks and patents and stuff that have been filed on CBD as it relates to can- cancer, I'm sure make it extremely difficult to perform clinical studies yeah absolutely probably horrendous and i know why i mean it's it's an agenda uh that's usually financially driven uh but at the end of the day guys we have to solve this is a big world problem yeah now today we're going to keep going more than just the research because we also know to be supportive to our our, our, our members, our fellow men and women that are stricken with this problem, as well as the caretakers that have to, that have to take care of them. Uh, there's other issues. There's, there's trying to support them with a nutrition plan and a dietary modifications and supplementations. There's, uh, there's oxidative therapies and immunotherapies and different detoxifications, lifestyle modifications, exercise therapies, mind and body techniques. There's so many things out there uh, that I think when, when uh, one of the things we're going to discuss uh, after we take a break is what other resources are out there. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's do this. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this topic, but then we might instead move over to what resources are available if you yourself are fighting this battle yeah. or if you're supporting a loved one that's going through this. Definitely. All right, so that's what we want to do next. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. 
We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. Welcome back to the CBD Ed Show. This is Ed and Kim again. Finding ways to help those who are either suffering from this canafil, uh, from this uh, from this fight with cancer, as well as those who are supporting those who are fighting that cancer, because that is, you know, sometimes uh, a hero that's the, the light's never shown on them, uh, but we know they're important. So, uh, in this section, we want to bring some general support ideas to you, uh, and the first thing we want to do, and and we're very excited to welcome Becky. Olson. She's an inspirational breast cancer awareness month speaker and author to the show on October uh, uh, an author uh, of the book The Hat That Saved My Life written in 2004. Since then she has dedicated herself full-time to bringing her message to women around the world. Becky Olson is a motivated keynote uh, conference speaker Breast Cancer Awareness Month speaker and a workshop leader, as well as a radio show host. Her warm, witty style breaks through the boundaries that are holding most of us back from enjoying a full life. So I want to welcome Becky Olson to the show. Hi, Becky. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm doing very well, Becky. Uh, Good. I'd I'd like to let the, the audience know that I went through some of your accomplishments over the last 20 years. Uh, and the building of your knowledge and your passion is extremely impressive. Uh, I thought your you. breastfriends.org website was tremendous, and it looks like a great resource, and I hope you get a chance to share that resource with our listeners today. Uh, but overall, I would Definitely. just love to just hear from you right now. Well, thank you. I, I'm really excited to be on your show. You know, I love, I love sharing the story because my goal whenever I speak to an audience is really just to try to give people hope and encouragement and 
you know, I hope I can I can do that today. Uh, but that's always that's always my mission. And you know, Ed, I, I know that we talked you know a couple of days ago. And for our audience, I am a five time survivor. I've been battling breast cancer since off and on since 1996. And I was diagnosed the first time then, and then uh, eight years later diagnosed again. Thought I had it beat, and then uh, got it again, and then got it again. Yeah. <laughs> and Ooh. this time. This last time was was a pretty um, serious battle. It's now stage four. Two years ago this month, it had moved from uh, it had moved into my lungs, and then earlier this year in March of 2020, it moved into my liver and my bones. And so, okay. I've been battling metastatic breast cancer now for two years, and um, it wasn't wasn't looking so good, you know. To be honest with you, for a while, my doctor was encouraging me to use this time to go out and see family. And even though it's really risky to travel right now, he, you know, his his opinion is some risks are worth it, you know, given what he kind of, I think, <laughs> means that my time here might not be so long. But, um, but you know what, we're, we're getting our way through that. My tumors are actually good news. Tumors are shrinking. Blood yep. tumor markers are going down. <laughs> you know, things are looking, looking positive in that way. So, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's been a challenge and I've, been through pretty much every form of treatment, if you can imagine, <laughs> and we've been fighting this battle for a long time. Yeah, I, the term <laughs> warrior keeps coming to mind. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of funny. It, it does. I, I think there's a lot of warriors out there. And in fact, a lot of the Breast Friends programs are labeled after the concept of warrior. We have our warrior women, and we have our metastatic warriors, and you know, so we uh, we embrace that term quite a bit because I think anyone going through this battle is a warrior because we're all fighting like like crazy, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important. So to recognize that thank you oh my goodness yes yes um and and appreciative of the way you handle yourself today in in lieu of this this battle that you fight i think it's very impressive well, you know, I've had a lot of support along the way, and I think, you know, you mentioned as you were coming in from the break about um, that the light never really shines on the heroes, and and I, I think that's I think that's true. You know, when I think about the people in my life that helped me get through this battle for the last, you know, so many years, my husband has been a tremendous supporter during all of this time. I mean, every battle he's he's been here to help me through it and to embrace what we're going through and we we embraced it together and i think that's really critical but it's also it's also the little things you know we talk about support and one of the reasons we started breast friends is because a lot of people don't know how to offer support and and this is such a key and and i i actually speak from experience with this because my friend Sharon who co-founded Breast Friends with me 20 years ago she went through breast cancer first in our circle of all of our friends she was the first one to go through it and all of us including myself said pretty much the same thing to her and people say it all the time and and here's how it sounds gosh I'm so sorry Sharon if there's anything I can do would you let me know and of course Sharon said, yes, thank you. But do you think she did? No. (laughs) We tend not to to reach out because, first off, we don't want to be a burden to our friends. We 
are, you know, maybe embarrassed about what kind of support we might need. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that we don't reach out, but, but we don't. And then the danger comes when you think, well, she must be okay. She hasn't called me, and she said she would. And that, that's where the breakdown occurs. And it's natural to say, if there's anything I can do, let me know. But the one thing we encourage people to do is don't leave it there, because the chances of her calling are slim. So what we encourage people to do is, you know, maybe a week later, pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm running to the grocery store. What's on your list? What can I pick up for you at the store? That's You know, rather than, is there anything I can do for you? Be specific, you know, and and offer some specific support because that level of support is little as it feels like when you say it it's huge to think i do need some milk and i really don't want to get dressed because i feel really crummy (laughs) you know so somebody going and get me a gallon of milk that's a really nice thing to have happen you know so it's just little stuff like that that can really you know make your day and let you know that you're not alone and that's, I think that's a really critical piece of this is to not feel like you're alone. And that's a real easy place for, for us to kind of get lost in. You know, we think we're alone, we're going to die, and the world's going to go on without us, and no one's going to care, you know. And, and that's, um, it's, that's a really bad place because you can go down the rabbit hole in a real hurry. <laughs> you know, when you, we're both nodding our heads that. here. I, this is yeah. this is tremendous because you, you, the, the human behavior you're speaking about is, you, you said it perfectly. That's exactly how it ends, and that skill is super important. We're likely going to share that with all the people we know. Yes, yes. Good. I know we have somebody. Good. Yeah, we have somebody in our neighborhood. Now I'm going to call them up and go, "Hey, you know, can we help you cut your grass tomorrow?" Just to get an audience with him, just yep, to stay right. in. You know, like, let me tell you a really fun one that happened one time when I was on chemo. It was my first time out. And I was not feeling very good at all. And my cousin, Candace, called me on the phone and asked me if she could come by for a visit. And I said, yes, but my house is a mess and you've got to promise not to look at it. You know, I just, I was embarrassed because I just didn't feel like cleaning it, had no energy. I just felt, you know, kind of crummy. Okay. And she said, I'm not coming to see your house, I'm coming to see you. But she showed up an hour later and she had a bucket of cleaning supplies, some rubber gloves, and a stack of CDs, and I looked at her standing at my door, and I said, what's all this? And she goes, well, you said your house was messy, so I'm here to clean it. I can't clean a house without my music, so here's my CDs. I hope you have a CD player. <laughs> and she came in, she goes, you can, you can sit and visit, you can help clean, or you can go take a nap, whatever you prefer. And I'm thinking, well, I can sleep when I'm dead, so I think I'll just at least sit and visit. <laughs> and it was so, it was really funny. She put on her CDs, and I'm not kidding, she's in the kitchen, cleaning my counters, doing leg lifts to her music, you know, while she's cleaning. And I was just amused by all of her energy, but it was contagious. And what happened is for the for the prior six weeks, approximately, I saw a cobweb growing in the corner of my dining room. <laughs> and every time the heater would come on, it would blow the air up, and this thing would fly around like a like a lace curtain. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was gross. It needed to come down, but I didn't care enough to go get the broom and knock it down. Right. Well, that day while she was there, I went and got the broom. I knocked down this stupid cobweb, <laughs> and you would have thought I just finished running a marathon or something. I mean, it was so exciting to get that cobweb down finally. And I actually started wiping dust and cleaning stuff and, you know, and it just, her 
energy was just completely contagious. And it it was really not that big of an effort on her part because she likes doing that kind of thing. But for me, it was the world. You know, she just she changed my world that day when she did that. And and she knew she didn't come over to clean my house initially. She just wanted to come visit. But because of my, um, I really wasn't looking. I wasn't trying to hint. <laughs> I needed her to clean my house. But, well, but I'm kind of glad she took it that way. <laughs> well, how do you how do you coach people to overcome that fear of I don't want to intrude? So she overcame that. She showed up with that bucket. And where I yeah. think a lot of yeah. people might go, oh, I, you know, that might be embarrassing to her. Oh, that could, you know, maybe she wants some, you know, privacy or, God, I could just imagine a bunch of thoughts that would go through somebody's mind when they approach well, that decision. Well, you know, that's why when, when she called to get permission to come over, that was probably her gateway to come in. And she knew me well enough to... She wouldn't offer that for just anybody, you know, to come and clean their house or do their laundry or something. But if you know the person really well, um, or if you get permission to come over and you don't have to know them real well to say, great, there's a grocery store on your way. What can I pick up on, for you on my way there? Or have you had lunch yet? What do you feel like eating, you know, and grab something. And, you know, so there's le- less intrusive ways to do that, but it still gets it commits that same feeling. It okay. communicates that same sense of I care about you. Yeah. So again, it depends on the level of relationship that you have but but she knew right then and there that I needed help cleaning my house and and she knew I would be okay with her doing that but if she would have called me and said hey can I come over and clean your house for you I would have said oh that is so sweet of you but no I'm fine thank you Wow. That's what I would have said, and then I would have kicked myself on the butt later. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like having my house clean, but um, but but that's you know. So you don't ask the pointed question, "Can I come over and do something for you?" Because you're, right. you're going to probably get that answer. But instead, we have a specific thing. I would, I, you know, I'm coming by for a visit, and you know, whatever. So there's just different ways you can approach that. But the the key is to do something. Offer something proactive that makes sense, and and then do that instead of "Is there anything I can do to help?" That was you know, great because you probably get a no, probably get a no. So, um, so yeah, there's things like that that we can do to help support each other. But honestly, you know, for both of you guys, because I know you talk to audiences all the time, I think the real key is from an encouragement perspective. And, you know, this is something I've always believed in, but I didn't have a name for it until about two years ago. And the the phrase that I love to use now is called, it's stay in the light. And when we stay in the light, what that means is that no matter what we're going through and our journey right now through cancer or anything else, and any tough challenge that we're going through, whatever it is, it can absolutely rip your guts out at times. It can feel like that. But if there is something that you love to do that brings you joy, whether it's, you know, watching funny movies or or sewing or painting or, you know, anything that brings you a sense of peace and joy when you do it, try to find a way, a little bit of time every day to do that one thing, just for a little bit. Mm. Because when you're when you're in that process of doing something that brings you joy, it is hard to think about the thing that's dragging you down. And You know, I love this quote from Deepak Chopra. He says that every cell in your body is eavesdropping on your thoughts. (laughs) So when you're thinking really negative thoughts, your cells in your body are responding to those negative thoughts. When you're thinking positive thoughts, the cells in your body respond to positive thoughts. And and the way this came about with getting a name for it, and I I do have to share this because I want to give credit to somebody. 
uh, two years ago when I was first told that my cancer had moved into my lungs. And we were waiting to start treatment. My doctor was retiring. I was getting a new one. There was a huge delay in starting treatment. And it was in November. We had the Breast Friends open house that we do every year. Mm-hmm. And this gal came over. Her name is Shawnee Fox. And she came over to me and asked me how I was doing. And I said, oh, I'm fine. And she goes, Becky, you're talking to me. How are you really doing? <laughs> yeah, be honest with you. <laughs> I, like. I, I said, well, honestly, I have to admit I'm a little bit scared because I was diagnosed a month ago, cancer's in my lungs now, and I've, I'm doing nothing to fight it. We haven't started any treatment. I'm doing nothing. And she says, Becky, what do you mean you're doing nothing? You're, you're staying in the light. You're not doing nothing. I said, what do you mean? And she goes, you've been speaking all month. I've been, because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that's always my busiest month for speaking. And yep. I had been out, I had the busiest November, I, I mean, October I'd ever had on um, that year. So I spoke all over the place. We had a big event coming up, and I was going to sing with a swing band, and I had four songs I'd been prepping for, and that was coming up in December. She goes, so you're out there speaking and sharing your story while you know you have cancer. You're singing with a swing band for this big event coming up while you have breast cancer, while you know you're waiting on this. Those are all positive things, positive energy. You're staying in the light, and your cells in your body are responding to that. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know? I think I was so proud. Oh, that's terrific. And, and she was right. I mean, it's... And I find now that, you know, here it is two years later that I've started painting. I have a a little art studio now at our little cabin that we have, and I've been painting, and I'm not an artist, but I find enjoyment in that. I'm a dabbler, but, you know, it's been fun. And so I'm, I'm finding ways to just do things that I love while I'm battling this cancer because I don't want to just focus on having cancer. You know, as bad as, as it as it is or as it got, but I also believe in the power of prayer, and prayer is working wonders right now. So yeah. a lot of positive, good energy and things going on. So um, I, I just like to share that because I think we can get so lost in this diagnosis and we can get so lost in the, the sadness of what we're going through. And so find ways to get a little joy and yeah. every day a little bit. You know, and it changes things. Yeah, I get the psychological, absolutely makes sense. But even what Tupac said, it it really is. There's science behind that, that the cells are listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, not only do you get a physical, uh, psychological change, but yeah, it leads to a physical one as well. So, again, we're we're here nodding. (laughs) We're nodding a lot to you, (laughs) Becky. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Those are wonderful, inspirational stories. I loved all, all of that. That is just, I believe in positivity. I try and practice it every day. Um, and I don't even have, you know, that type of an issue facing me right now. But it, in in all your world, if you can try and stay positive and try and see the good, you your body will react accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. May I? You know, and and yeah. one thing... It's it's a little bit hard sometimes to have a positive attitude when you are really down in the dumps, and I and I get that. I mean, I I have my days like that, you know. And I remember my first time through cancer. I was fortunate that I got to take six months off of work because I had short term disability, so I was able to do that. But I stayed in school. I had gone back to school to get my degree, and I decided to stay in school while I was um, you know home not working, and. I picked up a lot of credits with those prior learning programs, you know, where you get credit for stuff you've already done in your life. Right. And 
I just remember people saying to me, you know, you should be, you, why are you doing that? You should just be home taking care of yourself and, and getting well. And what that says to me, because I know me, and I know that if I just stay home and don't have anything to focus on, staying home means stay in my pajamas all day, and I'll get stinky, and I'll be <laughs> watching mindless television and not caring about anything, and not showering, not doing any of the things that you need to do to, you know, stay uplifted and so when I have a day like that and I still have them I mean I get my moments and I just you know get really down in the dumps and I I might find myself it's almost noon and I'm still in my pajamas and I haven't done a darn thing so the very first thing I do the first thing I do is I get up off my couch and I go take a shower just take a shower if nothing else do that because I'm not going to put my stinky pajamas back on I'm going to put some clothes on and then maybe I'll take my dog for a walk because I'm dressed. And, of course, people don't come to your house anymore. But if they did, I'd probably let them in because I'm dressed. Right. And, um, but, you know, at least you've made a step in that right direction. So a positive attitude starts with a positive action. You know, you have to do something physically positive, I think, to get your mindset. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, so I could be just making up a bunch of noise right now, but it feels right to me. If Great I, That's what works for me. Yeah, you know, is. if I if I do a positive action, and then I can get the positive attitude that follows that. Yeah. And that's kind of where it starts for me. Take a shower. (laughs) I know my husband appreciates it, too. (laughs) No, that was great wisdom. Again, giving somebody something they can actually use. And they can use mm-hmm. that as, as quick as today, that, that, that kind of coaching. Now, before we run out of yeah. time, can I also, so listeners, I want to share the website that she created many years ago. It's called breastfriends.org. Breastfriends, yep. so it's a play on words, breastfriends.org. And I noticed there's some, right. some great programs on there. There's support groups. Can you give us a, you know, a quick tutorial on, on what they may benefit when they come to that website? Yeah, um, well, the website is really kind of more informational, but where you're really going to get um, some key support is through our Facebook. We have some Facebook groups that you can ask to join. Uh, we have one called um, Breast Friends Around the Globe, which is actually, um, we have people from all over the world on that, and we, that's where we kind of share what's going on with our radio show, you know, because we have Breast Friends Radio, uh, Cancer Support Radio on Voice America, and so we have people that are listening all over the globe. We have listeners in 113 countries, which is very cool. So they can actually go on there and they can exchange ideas on what they heard on the radio or post something positive that they're doing today. So it's just kind of fun. And we've got people from Italy and places on there. So, so Breast Friends Around the Globe is a Facebook group. Okay. We have um, Breast Friends Metastatic Warriors, which is... Um, a private group for women who are metastatic, and all of these you have to ask to join. Okay. Um, but once you do, then you there, there's you know, can have a nice exchange of information. Um, let's see, there's the Breast Friends Warrior Women, which is another private group that you can ask to join. Our normal Facebook page is Breast Friends of Oregon. There you can read things that we're doing and, and comment, but you can't post directly. Okay. Um, so those, those are some key places that you can do. If you need to speak to somebody, right now because of COVID, our office, we're not in the office, but the best way to do it is to send an email to info at breastfriends.org. And we have people monitoring that regularly, and they will get your request into somebody's hands to give you a call. Great. So that's the best way. 
you know, to reach out for support. But we have people that can talk to you. You know, when you're first diagnosed, you're kind of on the ceiling, and we can reel you down. You know, yeah. pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what um, I want to hear is is why why what's what's the motivating statement, the wisdom that that you would put out there for somebody to actually call and become part of a, a support group? Because I know how powerful it is, but I don't know if everybody knows yeah. what they should do that first step and why they should do it. Well, the reason you do it is because you're going to talk to people who have been there and understand what you're going through. Um, when you're talking to someone who loves you and cares about you but has never really been through it, there's there's so many nuances. of. I mean, just losing your hair, for example. I've had people that have never gone through this say, oh, it's just hair, it'll grow back. Yeah, we'll let you shave your head and then we'll talk about it, you know. <laughs> right. But if you've been, if you've talked to somebody who's gone through that hair loss, they get the what that can feel like, especially if you've lost your breasts, your, you know, your hormones are all mixed up because of therapies, and, and now you're bald, and it's just like you stop feeling like a woman sometimes, and somebody who hasn't been through it doesn't get that, but someone who has does, and we've been there. We've all been there. Everybody that's going to talk to you has been in your shoes in some way at some point in their life, and so they get it, and we we can talk to anybody really about any of it and you know some of it's scary some of it's you know early stage but it doesn't matter what stage you're at maybe you've waited for months to get help that's it. that's okay yeah. we're here for you whether you just got diagnosed or if it's if you're months past needing to talk to somebody now if something gets beyond our ability because we are not licensed um, counselors, none of us, we're all just peer support, right. you know, then we might recommend that you go for counseling, you know, for, to somebody official, but, um, and we do even have people that can help with that. So, um, but that there's, that's why you okay. did it. Cause our goal is to reel you off the ceiling right. <laughs> and help yeah. you kind of grasp this, you know, and we've all been there and we've all been on that ceiling. We know what that feels like. So, and anybody that I've known that's been part of support groups have always been grateful that they were. I just don't know the ones that were too afraid to do it or didn't think it was meaningful. So I'm glad you shared that story. Now, um, Becky, everything yeah. that you've shared today, uh, I'm positive that our listeners got great value out of it. I really appreciate it that you took your time to share that with our listeners today. Uh, I also want to make an introduction that anybody who wants to... Uh, if, if you cannot figure out how to get to Becky's resources, feel free to email us, and we will pass that information on to you. And also, Ed, I have I have a website for my book and my speaking. It's beckyolson.com. If you if our if you can plug that out there, I just did, I guess. But <laughs> I, I will uh, do that. Yes, they can actually contact me through that that website as well if they just want to talk to me specifically. So, and I'm very open to talking to people. All right. Happy to do it. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go ahead thank and wrap you. this show up. Uh, and again, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Wonderful information from Becky and all the research we did at the beginning of the show. Uh, please feel free to stay connected with us on our social media platforms at canafil.com. Uh, and this is your host, Ed Cheney, along with Kimberly Rose. And we want to say goodbye for today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.